Hi, this is Joel Blackstock with the Taproot Therapy Collective Podcast, and you are listening to our series on archetypes. This is a brief six-part series, and if you missed the first, you can check out all of the archetypes in the series of the podcast at gettherapybirmingham.com. So what are archetypes? The phrase has entered the public lexicon now as something that is universal, or timeless, or a building block of experience. But the term is originated by psychologist Carl Jung when he is talking about patterns within the self, within psychology, that are projected outward because they're part of our psychology and we are the ones who create and build culture, mythology, and religion into culture, mythology, and religion. So we have these building blocks or patterns of the human experience inside of us We project them out through myth, storytelling, and uh, human experience. And by studying them, we can find something that is timelessly, poetically, or metaphorically true. And today we're going to be talking about the queen archetype, having previously talked about the king. The queen is the power behind power and the maternal influence on development. The queen is the indirect power that we hold over authority and systems, just as the magician is the indirect power that we hold over peers in our immediate vicinity. The queen is every calculated comment that ever made you reconsider your own behavior. She is every raised eyebrow that ever made you behave. She was every watchful eye of a teacher or principal. The queen is long talks by the fire with a loved one about your own worst impulses. She is tempering to power, but when we over-identify with the queen, she becomes a manipulative puppet master behind the throne, a Bloody Mary. The queen uses her influence over the powerful to exercise her own power. If this concept is lost on you, then you are likely under-identified with your own queen. If this is the case, be careful, because it is the patients under-identified with their own queen who are most susceptible to her influence from the shadow. If we do not understand the art of manipulation, then we have no defenses against it, and we live life naive and vulnerable. The queen is, by her very nature, the least recognized archetype. The queen is the thing behind the thing. She is the unnoticed influence that we have on the world. The queen is the reason that people in charge behave better than they otherwise would. The queen is a mothering impulse in all of us. She sits close to our anima or archetype of the feminine. The queen is the part of us that wants to see the people around us grow and flourish under our watchful gaze. The queen smiles as her children and her husband mistake her subtle suggestion for their own ideas. She is the master of the understated and the implied. The queen is consigliere, advisor, right-hand band, and second-in-command. The queen sees potential in others and helps push them towards realizing that potential. But if she is not careful, she may mistake their potential for her own plans. The fundamental insecurity behind the queen is the fear that power is incompetent or malevolent. Patients with an overdeveloped queen usually had a competitive parent or a parent that viewed them as a peer in childhood. Like patients with an overdeveloped magician, the child 
with an overdeveloped queen may have worn this anxiety like a badge of honor in childhood. However, also like the child with an overdeveloped magician, this damaged the child, leaving them hypervigilant and trapped with an exhausting, an exhausting control instinct. Unlike patients with an overdeveloped magician, patients with an overdeveloped queen felt responsible for running a household by proxy and controlling an irascible or inconsistent parent. They felt that they had to manipulate or be aware of their surroundings to have a plan in order to control the adults in the room. They did not seek to be understood or to get attention from a caregiver like children with an over-identified magician. Patients that present to therapy reporting that they are quote-unquote the therapist for all their friends or that everyone asks them for advice have a healthy identification with their queen. The over-identified queen is not content to advise power, but wants to control it from the shadows as a puppeteer. Over-identification with the queen leads patients to become obsessed with subtly influencing other people as extensions of themselves and power. Manipulative patients who begin to hold their altruism over the heads that they are helping are on the road to over-identification with the queen. Therapists should be aware of the functioning of this archetype, as it is the role of the therapist to play queen in the patient's life during the process of therapy. The over-identified queen as mother does not want children to develop as individuals outside of the family or have a personal identity. Children are to remain a part of her and only exist as her accessory and a reflection of her purposes and values. The over-identified queen wants to know all of her children's secrets and to get to tell them exactly who and what they should become. Patients who had a mother over-identified with her own queen never had the chance to listen to their own inner voice during development, and they will present to therapy with a bothersome inner critic that reflects the internalized critical voice of the parent. This overwhelming voice of inner criticism is the implanted voice of the parent that did not want their child to exist outside of their own sphere. If you enjoyed this explication of the queen archetype, there are other resources on Jungian and trauma psychology available on gettherapybirmingham.com. Again, that is gettherapybirmingham.com.